So I really felt like if I went to sleep and surrendered that conscious will to live, that my body just wouldn't make it. It was so sick. It was tired. It was fighting so hard. And so I would will myself to stay awake through the night, willing my body to live, to keep going, to keep fighting. And that's when, of course, I really realized how intricately connected the mind and body are and both what we think and what, what, how we feel and how that communication either leads to health or it leads to the breakdown of health. This is by far one of the most emotional podcasts I've recorded. What you are about to listen to is so inspiring, especially if you're struggling with health issues, emotional issues, relationships, past trauma, or present trauma. Today, I speak with Ashley DeLalo, and we dive deep into how foods affect our mental state, neuroplasticity, stress responses, why the brain reverts back to past trauma, which is actually a way of your body protecting itself, and so, so much more. She also shares two life-altering experiences and how she herself got out of them by flipping the switch in her brain. Ashley is the founder and creator of Bioemotional Healing, which is a revolutionary method she uses to help her clients around the world rewire their subconscious mind to finally break free from negative thoughts, behaviors, and emotions to thrive in their lives. You guys are going to love this episode. And you're listening to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. Let's get right into it. You guys... I have my own supplement line. That's right. You heard correct. I now have my very own line of products called Bethany's Pantry. This line of products is under the New Zest brand, which I already created my digestive support protein powder with. So what's the difference? Well, It's been in the works for a while and as my mission to expand in helping others with their health goals and digestion, Nuzes has allowed me to formulate my own products under their company as a sister brand. Any and all of Bethany's pantry products are created by me, Bethany. Every ingredient and sub-ingredient has been approved by me along with the origin of the ingredient. The taste, texture, and overall combination of ingredients in my products are created specifically for those with sensitive tummies, designed to help improve digestion, nutrient absorption, and ultimately your health all while making it enjoyable and easy to consume and incorporate into your daily lives. You guys know how picky I am about every single ingredient and product I recommend. So you know anything I personally create won't be any different. All right, so you may be asking, what products did you create, Bethany? I will be rolling out new items gradually as time goes on. But for now, I currently have the five items available, which I'll share right now. So of course, my digestive support protein powder, which is in vanilla, cacao, and strawberry flavor. I also have a plant protein bake mix, which I'll explain in just a minute. And and I have a digestive support L-glutamine, which I take L-glutamine every single day for gut support. So you can be sure you are getting a little sipper item if it's under the Bethany's Pantry label, as there's been some confusion between my digestive support protein and the regular line of News S protein. So in addition to the protein powder, I just mentioned I now have a plant protein bake This is intended for recipes in replace of flour. This powder is unflavored and it can be used in sweet and savory recipes. You can also add it to smoothies for a sugar-free, high-protein, low-carb boost. This new plant protein bake is perfect for pancakes, brownies, cookies, even breading chicken or breading fish, thickening soups, making tortillas, tortilla chips, even cheesecakes, and so much more. Try the brownie recipe on the back of the package. You're going to love it. My new plant protein bake is unflavored, very low carb. It's vegan, paleo, 
keto, high-protein, sugar-free, gluten-free, grain-free, SIBO-friendly, easy to digest. I mean, what else could you ask for? Another brand new item is my digestive support L-glutamine powder. Now, L-glutamine has been something I've talked about for years to support gut health. It's an amino acid clinically proven to help rebuild the gut lining and help support the immune system and has been shown to help those with digestive issues in all spectrums. And now I have created my very own that you know you can trust. The L-glutamine benefits are just beyond, and here are just a few. It helps with intestinal health, like leaky gut, helps support intestinal cells, helps normal growth of intestinal cells. It can even help prevent harmful bacteria and toxins from moving from your intestines into the rest of your body, as well as help maintain the barrier between the inside of your intestines and the rest of your body. I mean, so much intestinal health can come from L-glutamine. In addition, it can also help support the immune system. Glutamine is a critical fuel for white blood cells, which we all need, right? When sufficient amounts of glutamine are not available, the immune system can actually be compromised. Reports even show that glutamine supplements may improve health, decrease infections, and lead to shorter hospital stays after surgery. These are just a few of the many items in Bethany's pantry, and more are in the works, so stay tuned. But for now... Head on over to newsest-usa.com and at the top of the screen, they're going to have a tab called Bethany's Pantry. Just hit that tab and you'll be able to check out all of the newness. Again, that's newsest-usa.com and hit the Bethany's Pantry tab to check out all the newness. Multiple studies point to a link between dehydration and a higher risk of anxiety and depression. And if you have low levels of electrolytes, it can cause anxiety or panic-like symptoms. Some of the most common causes of electrolyte imbalance are due to fluid loss. Adding electrolytes is a great way to replenish and rebalance your body, mind, and mood. However, most electrolyte drink mixes contain added gums, sugars, colors, and even added oils. I'm really picky about what goes into my body. So that's why I choose Elements Raw Unflavored Electrolyte Mix. Elements Unflavored Version contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of salt, magnesium, and potassium. Those three simple ingredients are in their raw unflavored packs. So whether you just finished a workout, sauna session, or just need to hydrate for your mental health. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for those following a keto, low-carb, vegan, or paleo diet. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. Element also has a no questions asked refund policy. So if you try it, don't like it, they will give you your money back guaranteed, no questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Just go to drinklmnt.com slash digest to get this amazing offer. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining me today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself um, and tell us, I like to just start off like hard-headed, just dive in right away for my listeners, right? Um, Because I know their time is valuable. And tell us your story. Tell us why you're here. What happened? Okay. Well, I've had two life-altering health experiences that brought me here today, brought me to my work. And it all started when I was 13 years old. I went from the epitome of health. In fact, my nickname was the Energizer Bunny. I was dancing five hours a day. And then overnight, my life changed. And I went, uh, again, like I said, strong and healthy and loving life, just a teenager, to fighting for my life. And that was the first day of four years that I would be fighting between life and death. And the hardest part, as I know you can resonate and so many of your listeners, is nobody knew how to help me. 
So I'm going all over the country, all the specialists being tested for everything known to man. Now, granted, this was 27 years ago. So let's also understand that all the functional medicine and integrative medicine and testing that is so mainstream today was non-existent back then. So I'm going and doing any tests that did existed in Western medicine, you know, and there was no social media, there was no podcasts or YouTube or, you know, platforms that we could find information, right? It was the yellow pages and word of mouth at that time. So I'm being tested for anything that existed. And the hardest part was they said, you know, we don't know. We know the best we can say is you have a rare viral infection that is your body shutting down. We don't know what it is and therefore we don't know how to treat it. And I was essentially sent home to die. In fact, they even sent in a psychologist to talk to me, to help me come to terms with the reality of my life ending at 13, which is really mind boggling now to think about that experience, you know, back then and, and, they, because they couldn't give me answers and my body was shutting down. I mean, my skin was yellow from my liver shutting down. You know, I got down to 90 pounds as a five foot five, you know, girl. And I got so weak. I could hardly lift a finger or speak some days. I mean, so I was dying, right? A lot of my hair fell out. There was, (laughs) it was very true that I was, But I also had this innate belief inside that if I just accepted I was dying, then any chance of survival would be gone, right? Which was my first real intricate experience to the mind-body connection. So I remember telling this doctor, I I don't accept I'm dying. I don't know what I have, what we're going to do. We walked out of this hospital, my mom and I, and after over two years of trying everything under the sun, we decided to look to alternative medicine, alternative means, which I said back, like I mentioned before, back then was like voodoo, the lady in dreadlocks, burning incense. Like it it Mm -hmm. was not mainstream. It was not well understood. I came from a Western medicine family too. So it was looked down upon, right? Especially at that time back then. But my mom thankfully was willing to do whatever it took to get me better. And so it became a road of, supporting my immune system to fight this viral infection and help rebuild my health. But as far as the mind-body connection goes, in all truthfulness, I mean, I had some nights where I was afraid to go to sleep. I felt Mm. so close to dying. And those were the days where literally I couldn't utter a word. It's, It's so scary to be at a place where the energy to lay still is exhausting. So I really felt like if I went to sleep and surrendered that conscious will to live, that my body just wouldn't make it. It was so sick. It was tired. It was fighting so hard. And so I would will myself to stay awake through the night, willing my body to live, to keep going, to keep fighting. And that's when, of course, I really realized how intricately connected the mind and body are and both what we think and how we feel and how that communication either leads to health or it leads to the breakdown of health, whether that's physical, mental, or emotional. So it was a long road, four years uh, of then, you know, supporting my body the best way possible. I mean, we can get into this later and talk about food because I remember I was at a top children's hospital and they brought me down for breakfast and all of my options were sugar cereals, you know, you know, from those big dispensers. And, oh yeah. And again, this is 26 years ago when I was at this hospital. But even then I remember thinking, I am so sick this does not seem like the best option for me to have yeah. for breakfast, you know? I mean, cereal alone, but sugar cereal. Right, right. No protein, no healthy fat, no nutrition, just straight sugar, food dyes, all the things. And even then I, I, I had this instinct, like this does not feel like what my body should be eating. And, and that's when we also went on a path of understanding food and nourishing and either literally food became life or death to me as well. It was like, does this food strengthen my immune system or does it take away? Because I need to only give my immune system food that nourishes it, that helps it heal, that helps it do its job. And that's again, where I started to see the profound impact 
of food, of supplements, of homeopathic medicine, of, of really supporting our body to do what it was designed to do, which is to heal. And it was a long road. I mean, I got to, it was like, okay, now I can walk from my bedroom to the bathroom, you know, and that was a victory. And then I could walk a couple houses down from my house. And that was a victory, you know, and then around the block. I mean, it was a very slow, gradual process of reclaiming my health. And with that, as I'm sure so many of your audience knows, you have to keep refueling that belief that it's possible because it's, it's slow. It can be very slow and very gradual. And so it was a long, long four years, but (laughs) you know, I defied the odds. My body healed. It took six years for me to really like reclaim my physical strength because my body had been through so much, especially during my developmental years and as a female and with all my hormones shutting down, it took six years to be strong enough to go back to dancing and to step in a, a dance studio again and have the physical strength to dance again, which was a long journey. I left as a girl and now I'm nearly a 20 year old woman you know, walking right. back. Because <laughs> this this all happened when you were 13. And so 13. six years later, you're like 19. Yeah. Finally, you know, being able to to step back into, quote, you know, reality and, and start dancing again. Going back, you said you had psychologists come in and, you know, tell you to accept reality, tell you to accept that you're going to be dying. What inside you, or maybe it was your mother or someone else in your life, what or who told you don't listen to these people fight for your life yeah it's really interesting because i reflect i've i've been asked that question i reflect back now as an adult right and i and i see 13 year olds today and in ways i i can't fathom you know being told that at 13 to the, from the experts right from the people who you're supposed to trust and take their advice cuz it's their expertise I really credit my mom because I remember the first time the doctor told me I was going to die. And I know my mom wanted to jump right in there, you know, and she really gave me the gift of being able to respond first because Mm -hmm. my mom was amazing. She's my hero. I wouldn't be here without her. But I think she also knew it was my fight, you know, that I had to choose. And what told me... I mean, I believe in God. I believe we're spiritual beings here having a physical experience. And and even though there was no evidence that somehow I could survive this and no one was telling me I could, I had this feeling inside, this feeling that I was created for something more than what I had lived for 13 years. And that's it's hard, right? Because that's not a tangible, it's a it's a belief. And that's really what kept driving me was this belief that I was, I had more to do in this world, in my life. And for some reason, I was going to have to grow uh, through this. So absolutely, I wouldn't be here without that belief. Um, I faced a mountain and uh, it felt unfair, right? Like what happened to my life overnight? But that belief that God created me for something bigger was the main driving force and the the blessing that he gave me of loving something so much. So I loved life, always loved life. But since I was three years old, I had felt like born to dance. I, I loved it. I started doing it five hours a day at age seven. And so losing it was heart-wrenching. It was like losing who I felt like I had been created to be what my body was created to do. So it brought me unbelievable heartache, but also I loved it so much. I was determined to do it again. And so I think that was such a huge gift because it wasn't, I'm just not going to live. I'm going to do this thing that I love so much that right now you're telling me my body would never be able to have the physical strength to do. And so those two together, right? My faith and belief in God and, and a plan for my life bigger than 13 years. And then this, this love of doing something that just drove me to get back to. Um, those were yeah. the two main forces. 
Well, and I want to talk about too, because what you're doing now to help others get through their trauma and their past is just amazing. And I do feel like that is definitely your calling on top of dancing. You have many gifts and and that's another encouragement to those that are currently suffering as well, that you know what, you have a plan. God has a plan for your life and what you're going through right now could be huge. It's a huge challenge, but it it's for something bigger in the end. It's for something greater that maybe you're going to be helping others by the masses. Who knows? So just keep that in mind if you're going through something right now. This is for a plan and it's for a purpose and uh you know, God's going to get you through it if you if you let him. Again, please I want you to to continue sharing about your story because what else happened? Yeah. So, and it's interesting that you say that because I was determined to get back to dance, but part of that belief was there was something bigger for my for my life, um, which of course wouldn't come, and I didn't know, and I didn't know the <laughs> the further challenges that would be required as part of leading me there. But as the story goes, after six years, I, I went back to dance. It was um, you know miraculous, and my ability to come back to dance after a six year absence during the most developmental years was also miraculous. And what I didn't know, and again, my work today is rooted in the brain, is when I came back and I became a top-ranked competitor in the U.S., top 12 in in collegiate level, and then my husband and I became finalists on So You Think You Can Dance and performed on Dancing with the Stars, and we headlined a Broadway show. And it was just like top of the mountain, incredible what I was able to come back to an experience and it was, it was miraculous. And I had a lot of injuries through this, so it wasn't just (laughs) easy, but the fact that my body could get injured and recover and come back. And while we were on, so you think you can dance, dance up to 12 hours a day was just amazing. And what's really cool about it is at the time people would always say, who is this girl? Like, how do you come back to this capacity after six years? of being gone. And I remember at the time being like, I don't know, God is blessing me, which was true. But what's really cool is fast forward later when I would dive deep into studying the brain is that I didn't understand that I was harnessing our brain's incredible neuroplasticity for six years while I was sick. Because when I was sick and going through all of that, I was doing tests all the time, as I'm sure a lot of you, you understand, your audience understands all these tests, MRI scans. And so I decided, no one even told me, but I had this belief I could heal and beliefs tell our brain to find evidence. And the truth was there was no evidence in my body or in my life that I could heal. But that belief told my brain we need to create evidence. And so I literally just decided if I'm going to be in all these tests and scans, I'm going to dance in my mind. And so that's what I did. I would see myself in class, on stage, um, competing, healthy, strong. And I did that for six years. And I remember doing it so vividly, I would just cry because of the gratitude and joy at being healthy again and doing what I loved again. And what I didn't understand then is that the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between something that's actually happened and something we're vividly imagining and creating. And so for six years, I created neural pathways as if I had been dancing. So when I came back after a six-year absence, those neural connections were there. It was just now a matter of physically executing it which is so cool because we all have that capacity, right? Yeah, and and what advice could you give someone that's going through that? Maybe they're not necessarily a dancer, but they have, um, you know, maybe some huge trauma in the past. And what would you say to that person and how could they get through what they're currently going through to, to come out in the end? Yeah, so when you're in it, that's all you can see. Right. And that's, and that's, and your brain is adapted to survive through that challenge. Even if it was trauma in the past, your brain took a snapshot of that and it embossed it neurologically and is holding on to it to protect you from something similar or the same thing happening again. Right. But that's then we, we relive it. We relive it. It's with us. So 
the brain seeks what it knows and what it has adapted to. So people always say, I can't even imagine, right? I can't even imagine feeling different. I can't even imagine feeling free from this, feeling healthy, not having anxiety, right? Not having this trauma with me all the time. We always say that because it is hard to imagine because we've been living such a different experience. So use your imagination. What how do you want to feel in your life physically, mentally, emotionally? How do you want to be in a relationship, right? So if someone's had trauma and they just can't be in a loving, supportive, kind, trusting relationship that they feel safe in, we'll start imagining what you want that to look like. How would you feel? How would you be treated? If you're going through physical stuff, start to try to imagine what it is like to be healthy again. And if it's not mm-hmm. dancing, it's walking, right? And and that's my second experience. I had to relearn how to walk. Walking's a miracle, right? If it's hiking, if just it's not being just in not pain. being in pain, yeah. right? And what would that look like for your life? Because your brain is adapting to your struggle and your survival, and that's what it knows. And the brain will always seek what it knows because that's familiar. And to the brain, whatever's familiar is safe. And so it's crazy because our challenges, our struggles, our emotional pain, our physical pain become safe to the brain because it's familiar. If you're listening to this and you have gut issues, well, keep listening because it turns out everything you think you knew about probiotics may be wrong. You guys, it can get pretty confusing with the market saturated with probiotic everything. I mean, there's even probiotic tortilla chips. Come on now, really? (laughs) I need to give you my personal take and share what I got introduced to back in October of 2022. And that is Seed. Seeds DS01 plant-based capsule is not only a probiotic, but a prebiotic. There are 24 different strains of specifically formulated probiotics targeted for digestive health, gut immunity, as well as additional systematic benefits. One of my favorite things about Seed is that it's a capsule within a capsule. That's right. There's actually a prebiotic capsule encapsulating the probiotic inside, which ensures that the probiotics actually make it to your colon with 100% survivability. But you may be asking, so what does Seed DSO-1 actually do? Well, many think of pre and probiotics as only gut support, but it does way more than that. It actually supports the gut barrier, which is where most of our immunity is and a vital part of our health. But it also supports other areas of the body for whole body benefits such as skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. So get the real deal in a symbiotic, one that's backed by clinical trials and scientific data. So get the real deal in a symbiotic, one that's backed by clinical trials and scientific data. Visit seed.com slash digest and use code digest to receive 30% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash digest and use code digest. I hope you guys love it. Let me get this right. So our brain is actually, quote, protecting us by staying in a traumatized state. Exactly. Right. Isn't that not fair? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you think about it, cause that's really all the brain cares about is our protection and survival, both equally emotionally as physically, right? We, we know that the same areas of the brain are activated by both physical stress and emotional stress, so, which means the brain cares just as much about us being physically healthy as well as being emotionally and mentally healthy. 
So through our life experiences, your brain creates threat responses around certain experiences, certain people, certain traumas, things that have hurt you, challenges in your body, challenges in relationships. And the more they changed your life, the more they impacted you emotionally, right? So losing your health, huge emotional impact, right? Any other traumas, huge emotional impact. The brain, like I mentioned, it looks at everything connected to that experience and and literally embosses it neurologically and holds on to it. And it continues to hold on to it because it thinks by remembering it, replaying it, you'll be protected from it again in the future. But by nature of that default protection, we're predicting and perpetuating staying there or having another experience more in alignment with the very thing that we don't want to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a a horrible, vicious circle, honestly, because there's, there's two things. There's one, there's someone that they could be again in the thick of it right now. They're going through it and they, they're trying to get out of it, whether that's a health issue, pain, whatever relationship. And then there's the people that have gotten out of it, but they have like PTSD. And so they're still struggling from what they experienced in the past, um, so there's, it's similar, but it, there's still two different because the, the last part is, or, um, the latter is the person, maybe they did overcome their health issue, but man, they are so scared to go back there that they're experiencing anxiety and they're experiencing other things. And then there's the people again, like I said, they are in the thick of it, of the health issue and they just want to get out of it to begin with. So let me talk about PTSD just for a second. Sure. Though. Um, why, I mean, I know you talked about this a little bit, but why and how does our brain like bring back trauma into our lives? Like, you know, you said it's to protect us in a way, right? Mm-hmm. But how can we stop our brain from going back there? Yeah. So first let me explain why. The brain has that negative bias to protect us and it remembers it like in a very simplistic way. We learn if you touch a hot stove, that will hurt you. So the brain really remembers that versus, oh, if you touch this, it doesn't do anything. The brain doesn't think that information is important. Like take this, for instance, we've all had like food poisoning, right? So let's say, let's just take scrambled eggs. So let's say you've eaten scrambled eggs your entire life. No difficulty, right? And then you go out to breakfast one day, you order scrambled eggs, you get violently ill, throw up. And now you're like, I'm never eating scrambled eggs again. Right. But in that moment, because you had such a negative experience, the brain completely eradicates your like 25, 30 years of positive experiences with eggs. Right. And now it's like, no, we're never eating eggs. That leads to being sick. So that, that very simple demonstration tells you the brain will always hold on to negative experiences way more so than positive. And when we have something traumatic, then obviously that impacts us deeply. The brain holds on to that from that place of protection. So why? And then let's talk about how we can change that. When that happens, that memory is stored in the brain's emotional brain, the limbic system. And what's really important is that part of our brain doesn't have a time clock. So it can't decipher past from present. And so that's why it's constantly cross-referencing past trauma, past things that hurt us in real time to protect us from it happening again or something similar because it knows how much that hurt us. So it's constantly looking to it like the eggs, like the hot stove, don't do that. Don't do that. That hurts you. But by constantly cross-referencing that, we're staying stuck in it. We're still being impacted mm-hmm. by it. And it that's, creates anxiety. That's right. Anxiety, mistrust, right? The people's nervous system, which is the root of my work, is now in that hypervigilant state, right? It's it's always looking for the next threat. It's It's running that stress response all of the time. So in understanding that, that's a big part of the work that you have to do is is actually start to get the brain to recognize that was then 
and this is now. And I understood that hurt me then, but this is where I am now. This is where my life is now. This is where my body is now because that emotional brain will always override the conscious, logical thinking brain if the emotion is strong enough. So to help bring down that emotional charge, also a lot of people have to survive trauma when they're going through it. They're surviving, but they're not necessarily processing because you can't go through something really impactful and not have a deep emotional impact. So often we survive, we get through but then we want to move on, but our system still has that emotional impact of what we went through. So very often we don't have to go back and relive the trauma, but we do have to look at the emotions that maybe we haven't processed through that were stored from the trauma and start to work through them. Because until we do that, that emotional brain will always override the conscious brain. And that's why you can be safe, but your system is acting as if you're back in that threat. Yeah, well, I mean, um, what first comes to mind too is it makes total sense because when, let's just say a loved one passes, sometimes it's, it's so traumatizing. You love this person, they pass away, and then there's like the whole paperwork and all these things that are happening where it sometimes it's like a year later and they just have a breakdown and they start crying because they never cried when it actually happened. So how do you, I mean, you explained what we need to do, but how do you do it? Well, the first step, obviously there's a, a lot of steps um, and, and that's part of what I work through with my clients through bioemotional healing, which we'll talk about. We haven't gotten to quite yet, but I would, I would first recognize it's not you, it's your brain and nervous system, that's really, really important because we feel broken or damaged or like, I can't ever overcome this. We need to understand it's your brain, it's your nervous system. And that means you can change it because until we see that, then we, we, we are so attached to it that it's hard to even make that separation. So it's your brain, it's holding on to this. Look at your experience and ask yourself, how did this impact me? Like, I encourage people to start writing about it. Writing is um, a really beautiful way to engage the subconscious mind. Now, this is writing that you're not going to keep. And that's really important because traditional journal writing, no one's super honest if we think our posterity is going to read it, right? I mean, not, not really honest, like to the depths of like our emotions and maybe the things we want to say or the things that we feel that we might not be able to express to another person. When we write, there's a gap between what you're thinking and what you're putting on paper. And that helps to bring up more the subconscious of what's maybe stored there. So I tell people, start writing about, again, you don't have to go back and relive detail by detail, but How do you feel about it? What do you wish you could have said about it? How did you feel? Did you feel powerless? Did you feel stuck? Did you feel overwhelmed? You know, did you feel angry? Did what were all the things that you felt and start writing about it? And by nature, emotions start to come up. The reason we're triggered is because there's still things within our system that need healing, right? So I always tell my clients, I know we're afraid of being triggered. It's not pleasant, but it's pointing to something within you that still needs healing. I want to ask too, because there's people that may not be able to revisit certain things. I mean, it's so traumatizing. They don't even want to think about it. And it could bring up even like physical shaking or whatever the case may be, right? And physical symptoms. And they just can't revisit that. Have you dealt with that with your clients? Absolutely. I I had a client that any reference point to her past traumas, her body would physically shake. And, and that's where it's, it is really important. And obviously you have to know the person and it's a delicate balance. And that's where I say, it's, it's not a matter of let's go back detail by detail. Tell me exactly what happened, right? We don't need to do that. 
The brain doesn't actually need to do that, especially in that instance where there's a lot. And that's where I say more, how do you feel and where do you feel it in your body? And like, how can we allow that, that it's safe now to process, like to feel, because what's really important to understand is what we don't feel doesn't go away. It stores in our body. Our body speaks emotionally. It holds all of our emotions. And we know that what everyone has said, I feel sick to my stomach. And then you feel it in your gut, right? Because of that mind-body connection, the mind-gut axis, the enteric nervous system. So let's not replay details, but I bet that person also probably hasn't compassionately allowed a cry, like a two, three-hour cry, I like with no judgment, no sense of brokenness, what's wrong with me, this ruined me, but just... I'm a human being that has been through something unbelievably hard. This is not who I am, but it is a part of my experience. And what if I just allow this to feel, not to replay, not to rehash, but to allow me as a soul to feel the emotion and just to let it out, just let, let it out. out. Let it out. Don't even, you don't even have to understand all of it because what we do is we want to understand them. We want to judge them. We want to connect them. And very often it just starts with allowing ourselves to start to feel some of those emotions with the intention of letting them go because everything to the brain comes down to meaning. And what we all say is, I don't want to go there. I'm afraid I'll get stuck there. I won't be able to come out of it. So the brain develops this real threat response around emotions. And when it does that, then the brain will amplify stress. So we don't feel the emotions, right? Because we've, we've created a meaning that emotions are threatening because I'm going to, I'm going to get stuck there right? Versus emotions are part of being a human. You can't go through challenging experiences without having challenging emotions. It's not who I am, but it has impacted me. They're not scary. Actually holding them in is what's hurting me. Let's just allow piece by piece with the intention of letting them go. So it's not comfortable, but it is empowering because it's that that change in meaning of this broke me and therefore I'm sobbing on the floor for three hours or I'm allowing myself to release all this heartache, sadness, loss, overwhelm, whatever it is for three hours so that my system isn't carrying it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely speak from experience where I've had times where I've I've started crying for like 45 minutes and I'm, I'm looking at myself, I'm like, why am I crying? I, I'm not sad. I don't even know what's happening. I don't know why, but it felt good. And it was just a, a good release from whatever was happening. You know, who knows why? Well, and you probably just, and that's really important. I tell my clients, you don't always have to know why, but you're, it's also evidence of your system maybe being at a place where it feels safe to finally let it go, you know? And so we just, the best thing we can do is allow it and and not judge it or not suppress it. Like what's wrong with me? And we all do that, right? Like, why are we crying? And if you mind, I'd love to share an experience with my daughter that just illustrates this. She was having a really emotional day. I think she was five at the time. And my instinct initially, just as a human was like, why are you crying? Like nothing's wrong. We're having a good day, you know? And we do that to ourselves. Like, What's going on? There's no reason to cry, you know? And mm. I could tell she was like, gosh, what is wrong with me? Because she didn't know why she was sad, you know? But mm. she was, she was feeling it. So thankfully with my work, I, I thought about it before I spoke, you know, that gut instinct of like, you should be happy, you know? And she, because what I know is she was starting to do that with herself. She was starting to judge herself, thinks what is wrong with me. She was supposed to play with a friend that day, but she was suddenly so emotional that she didn't want to play. And so then what did she do? She started criticizing herself. I'm not a good friend, you know, because I'm crying, you know, and we all do that. We start to judge and criticize ourselves, And we know from neuroimaging self-criticism like that amplifies the brain's alarm bells. And so we're just creating more stress. So I'm seeing this happen within her and understanding what I do through my work. I just literally took her, put her on my lap. And I said, 
Sophia, it's normal to be emotional sometimes. And sometimes you might not even know why, but it's okay. And it's not just because you're a girl, because we've all heard that messaging too, but it's just because you're a human. And sometimes we just need to allow it. Doesn't make you a bad friend or a bad person. It's just what you're feeling. And just giving herself permission with no judgment, no shame, no shutting down or suppressing. And clearly she's five, so she hasn't obviously lived the extensiveness of an adult that has more layers. But just giving that permission without the judgment, it's like she just allowed it. And literally five minutes later, it's like, oh, okay, we're out of it. You know, and I, again, I know as an adult, we've lived more complex experiences, but it's the same principle, you know, and, and that allowance without judgment, without shame, without criticism allows our body to process through it and actually release it. When we judge it, we anchor it in. So we're crying or releasing, but we're not actually letting it go. We're just more further stuffing it inside to show up again another day. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great example. And I, I have so many other questions. I want to talk about, you know, nutrition and how that affects really the brain as well. But I also want to have you share what you had a second life altering experience, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I had an amazing career, right? Uh, <laughs> top of the mountain, healthy, strong, uh, I also taught like physiology and muscular anatomy at a university because learning how to exercise was key to dancing again. I had to rebuild my strength, right? I had to lift a one pound weight before I could dance again. And, and so I, I fell in love with the human body's capacity, not just to heal, but to get strong. And, and so I, I did, I felt like I was on top of the mountain, top of my career. I had a second hip surgery. This was in 2016. My first one, I recovered after eight months, but I had a second one and it, it completely failed and it launched my entire body into chronic pain. And I went from the epitome of health again <laughs> to struggling to walk, to hold a book. My daughter was two years old and now I can't even lift her. I can't hold her. I can't be on the floor playing with her. I lost my professional career, um, both as a dancer and a trainer. My husband was my professional partner. So our whole life, you know, in an instant changed overnight and it was very deja vu. But now unbelievably harder because I am a mom. I'm a wife. I have a business. I have a career and I'm in pain. I am in pain in like 12 areas of my body, nerve pain. It was like, what happened to my body? And again, I'm doing everything under the sun, seeing all the doctors. And I went completely down every avenue, you know, functional, Western, Eastern, regenerative. I had over 200 injections, you know, of stem cell, PRP, prolotherapy, like all the things that exist and I'm not getting better. And they're telling me, well, your nervous system flipped a switch into pain, you know, and, and that happens sometimes. I mean, this is literally the explanation. So I'm being diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic regional pain syndrome, interstitial cystitis, because I had this horrible pelvic bladder pain too. And, and all of these are lifelong conditions, right? That they're telling me the best you can do is manage. And I can't make this up. I literally had a doctor tell me, you're not getting any younger. It's downhill from here. And I'm what, 34 at the time. And I was so furious, not just for me, but because this wasn't my first experience, but I told him, how many people have you told that to that literally leave and reside themselves to a life of chronic pain and health issues because you've told them there's nothing they can do about it. I just got chills when you said that too. I mean, how horrible. I know. What do you do? I mean, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Well, I, where I went was literally hit rock bottom. After several years, I, I've never, I don't think felt so scared, which is saying something. I, I, I looked at my husband and I said, there's nothing left to try. Like there, there really isn't. And we are at a place of nearly losing our home because we had, you know, invested everything in my health and all these injections and everything is, is not covered by insurance, you know, and, and 
I remember one night in the middle of the night, because I was sleeping maybe two to three hours a night because of the pain. And I just felt, I've never felt such desperation. Like one, what is this existence to live in unrelenting pain? The pain, not only I was going through, but my family and the stress financially, the stress on our life. My daughter, this was part of her trauma, watching her mom live like this, you know, struggle to walk, not be able to hold her. And I didn't know what else to do. I had tried everything. And that's when my greatest desperation met my greatest determination. And I thought, if I can't find the answer, like outside of me, I'm going to create it. And I thought, if my nervous system can flip a switch into pain, I'm going to figure out how to flip it back. Flip it back, baby. Flip it back. Yes. (laughs) Because if it can go one way, it has to be able to go the other way. And my illness as a teenager had thankfully shown me that we truly are powerful. Our body is powerful. Our mind is powerful. God created us powerful. And so I dove deep. I dove deep into neuroscience and pain science and the mind-body connection. And that's when I realized all pain comes from the brain, but also not just what's happening presently, but literally that my illness as a teenager had altered my brain and nervous system. And I realized subconsciously I'd been surviving for over 20 years. Like my nervous system had been running in that high alert. And that was also affecting how my body reacted to this failed surgery. It wasn't just the surgery. It was my body literally cross-referenced. Okay, we've done this before. And my survival mechanisms went into overdrive. And that also influenced the amount of pain I was having. And I had to not just rewire pain. I had to rewire my anxiety around my health. Because now twice I had lost it, like overnight with no warning. And I had to heal all these different pieces to help to truly get my nervous system out of believing it had to live in survival 24 hours a day. And that's hard because my life validated it pretty strongly, right? But that was the journey of creating my process based in neuroscience called bioemotional healing that at the root of it is to get the nervous system out of stress. Because for me, that showed up in pain that showed up in health anxiety, my PTSD, trauma. For other people, it's depression, it's anxiety, it's um, it's all types of autoimmune, right? And other pains. It's like people feeling stuck, but the brain is the command center of everything in our mind and body. And yet it is the very thing most often left off the table, which is why so many people can't heal fully. And creating this process, being my own guinea pig, putting all the science, which thankfully we live in an age of information where I could read all the neuroscience journals and studies and then merging it with what I had personally experienced and thinking, what is that step-by-step process? I mean, it gave me my life back and now I've been helping others the last four and a half years. Wow, Ashley. I mean, mad respect for, you know, going through everything that you did, having to really be your own patient. (laughs) And now putting your past experiences and using them to help others. And I really do think God has just, you know, gifted you so greatly and seeing not just your, your experience when you were 13, that alone, that helped you experience and go through what you, what you had to go through as a mother the second time around. And again, to anyone listening, sometimes those are like little stepping stones to help you get through the next stage of your life. And we need those. We need those hard times because without them, we're just going to crumble. And so mad respect for you. Again, I love that you're just doing amazing you're thriving. You look beautiful. And um, I mean, I, I do want to talk about uh, your nine-week program that you have to to offer to other people that are struggling and need help and support. I mean, again, so many questions. I know I, I've said I know. this many times now, like, oh, I want to talk about nutrition. Maybe we're just going to have to have you back about that. But um, just to. a little... Yeah. I mean, let, let's 
um, dip our toes into that a little bit before we get into your nine week uh, program here. But what did you do nutritionally? Yeah, the, you know the main thing again, which I'm I'm all about, and I think you are too, is sustainability, right? But also seeing food from that place of how it nurtures our body, how it helps it heal, versus the deprivation kind of diet mindset that was has been so strongly connected to healthy food, right? So what I what we did then was eat real food, right? I I, I cut out all processed, all um, sugars, of course, because my immune system was was fighting. Except for natural sugars, that of course are so you, in you fruit. still eat fruit. I fruit did eat stuff. fruit. Okay. Yep, um, just really focused on whole nourishment, good proteins, good healthy fats, which every cell in your brain needs, right, to function and, and rebuild and heal, and and good vegetables and whole fruits and good carbohydrates, you know, that are, that are nourishing and, and supportive. It was literally just cut out anything that takes from my immune system, processed sugars, those starchy, starchy carbs, and give my body nourishment to help it rebuild, to help it fight. And I mean, it, it had an impact that I had to work through my own relationship with food, right? Cause I was 13 and I ate very differently in my teenage years than most people do. And so, but I suddenly like this food became something I was in charge of. And I, I think you and your audience can relate to that because when you lose your health or anything else, you feel so powerless and, and you're seeking answers. And it was like every day I can take this power in choosing my food that helps my body heal, helps me heal. And that became like a lifeline of control in a way when my whole life fell out of control but also a sense of, of power and that I'm doing something every day because as much as your body feels your like your enemy, and I know I certainly felt that way because my greatest challenge in life has been my body, that shift that I also had to do, which was a journey, was it wasn't my enemy. It was my greatest asset to healing. And my body wasn't fighting me. It was fighting for me. But I had to help give it all the support, both in love and kindness and in food to help it heal. Because even that sense of vitriol between you and your body, which again is warranted, creates stress and it creates stress hormones every day. You know, with every symptom, you feel that like anger towards your body or you're up and I get it and you get it. Like it, it's hard to love something that's like creating you so much pain or altering your life or not letting you live your life. And I'm digressing, but that's such a huge piece. Like, because we just say my body is broken and, you know, I hate my body and my body won't let me and my body's doing this. And it's so important to understand that that's creating stress, stress hormones, stress chemicals, inflammation, that's energy you can't heal. And, and so I also encourage clients, like when you feed your body, that's an act of love to support your body because your body is trying, like it is designed to heal, but crap happens and we have to not only help remove those roadblocks by eating good food, but we have to really be aware of how we talk about our body because it doesn't matter if you're feeding it nutritionally and hating it all day long and talking negatively about it all day long. Those stress hormones you're creating are breaking you down even faster than the food that you're trying to take in to heal. No, I mean, so many good points, Ashley. And also too, that the food that you eat also affects the way that you think and the way that you think affects the way that you physically feel. And so it's this whole circle and it's all connected because if you're eating crappy food, you're probably not going to think right. And then if you're not thinking right, it's affecting your physical or, or vice versa. You, you don't eat something well, you physically feel bad and then your mind feels bad because you physically feel bad. And again, it's a horrible, vicious cycle. And also too, a lot of people don't realize, I know you do, Ashley, but when you're trying to heal your body, so a lot of people think nutrition is, oh, I need to eat more carbs because I lifted weights today or I did something like external. But 
your organs require so much nutrition and energy just to function and be alive. Like you sleep, you burn calories. You're reading a book, you're burning that energy. And so just to function and to, to get your hormones right, you need good nutrition, not, uh, not just because you went and worked out today. And so, you know, I mean, you know that, but that's something that I think everyone should take note of because it's so important. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy to run everything. And and to your point of how it impacts how you think, the brain requires high octane fuel. And if you're giving it crappy fuel through processed foods or not a lot of nutrition, it's not going to operate really well. And and that is going to show up in how you think and therefore how you feel because the brain is is commanding everything and it needs nourishment to then also do its job more effectively. And so, I, yes, food, we can't deny it, you know? And I think sometimes we want to because we want to, quote, eat whatever we want. <laughs> but it's when you shift, because people have asked me that, like, oh, is that so hard to not eat that, you know? And I'm like, no. And, and they'll ask me why. And I'm like, because I love how I feel so much more than those two minutes, you know, of whatever that is. And it's not that I'm perfect. And I'm not like, uh, where you, you know, I aghast if I see you eating like ice cream, it's, it's not about that. Cause that's stress too, but it's about seeing food as this beautiful fuel to help you not only heal, but function in your life the way that you want to because that's what it is. And it either helps us or, or hurts us. And that is just true of each of us and obviously more extreme for some of us. But in that, that gives us a gift to serve us the rest of our life. Because I eat the way I do now, because I had to, well, I made that choice, but by nature of being in such a dire situation, but that gift is now I feel like I get to live so much more fully because I understand that value. And I say a lot of like even healthy people don't know how good they're supposed to feel because we've normalized gut stuff. We've normalized headaches. We've mm -hmm. normalized fatigue, aches and pains. And it's like, oh no, just because we've normalized yeah. it doesn't mean it's normal. You actually can feel better, but yeah, what are you eating? What are you Amen, thinking? sister. Amen. You know? <laughs> yeah, don't just put a Band-Aid on it for sure. Now, for those that want to, quote, flip back the switch, what do you offer in your nine-week program? Yeah. So bioemotional healing is a very in-depth, hands-on. I work personally with my clients, but it's not just the coaching with me. It's a process. And that's the cool thing about it is it's designed to first partner with your system, not fight it, partner with it to heal the pieces that first got it into this stressful state so that your system feels safe to turn off the stress response. Because everyone talks about rewiring, but a system stuck in stress isn't going to rewire until it first feels like it can let the stress response go. And that's where the first part of the process is designed to get to that place and then the second half is designed to now rewire, to create, to change those default settings, how we think, how we feel, that sense of safety and trust in life and our body, in, in all those pieces and, and truly become like the creator of our life and our health. Because what I love about the brain is it's the greatest equalizer to our potential. Because we're all so different we're all so different, different personalities, different gifts, talents, intellect, different experiences, but the brain and the functionalities of it are the same. And so we can harness that power to heal, to change, to step into who we feel we were created to. Because I know we were sent here. Challenges are an important part of growth, but I also know God didn't just create us to survive and struggle and and stay there our whole life and just manage and just like get through. And I'm not saying there aren't periods of that. You've lived that, I've lived that, but we were given this incredible power within us to also help us get beyond it and to heal it. So if someone's ready, you know, like 
to do that work. They know like, I'm just stuck. I can't get to that next place. I'm doing all the things, all the nutrition, the supplements, the treatments, but like, I feel this stress response. I just can't fully heal. And whether that's physical, mental, or emotional, then I encourage them. They can go to my website, just my name. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, ashleydelello.com. There's free training on the brain there that will help them understand, but there's, you can schedule a free consult. This work is so personal and in-depth, and so we always do the free consult first to see if it's a right fit on both sides before moving forward. Yeah, I love that. I love that you know that everyone is different and it's not just a, oh, here are the steps and do it. It's all individualized. And so um, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the show. And what is your social if people want to look you up? What's, you know, uh, tell us your Instagram, all that good stuff. Yes, just my name, like my website, my social, Ashley DeLello. My website's ashleydelello.com. I do have a podcast. I've recently started. Maybe I can get you on it. That's called the Bioemotional Healing Podcast because we all we talk all things neuroscience, brain, body, health. Um, so I'd love to connect with anybody there on any of those platforms. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we put all those links in uh, today's show notes that you guys can easily find Ashley. Thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McComb. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of Digest This comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long hauler syndrome, and pain management. Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style, and she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.